I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. FM 104. It's Room 104. It's Cormac and Sir here. Good evening. How are things? Now, um, there are various different ways that people can enjoy themselves and reach climax and orgasm. But sometimes uh, some of the strangest things out there can cause you to orgasm. And, and possibly not when you want to be feeling that feeling as well. It can be caused by crossing of uh, neurons or even sometimes medications might cause you to feel much more pleasurable than you can or than you want to feel at any one particular time. Joining us now to talk about some of the strangest things and situations that can cause you to have a very intense, powerful orgasm. From Rutgers University, he's a neurologist and we're delighted to have him back on the show. Barry Komisarek, how are you, sir? I'm okay. Good to hear from you again. When we're talking about orgasms, I didn't think that you could have an orgasm without touching yourself. Well, I didn't think so either. A clinician colleague of ours, Gina Ogden, said that she has a number of women who can experience orgasms just by thinking and uh, I was very skeptical uh, but together with Gina and uh, Beverly Whipple we studied 10 of the women we measured their heart rate blood pressure pain thresholds and pupil diameter all of which we had uh, previously shown to approximately double during orgasm and we asked them to have orgasms by thinking just by thinking and um, uh, compare it to when they had orgasms by actual genital stimulation, self-stimulation. In fact, they had, uh, all 10 women had orgasms and the magnitude of the, uh, of the responses of the, the blood pressure doubled, the heart rate doubled, uh, their pupils dilated to about double the normal size and uh, their uh, pain thresholds increased, which means uh, about half as sensitive to pain as uh, before the orgasm. And that's what happens in um, genital self-stimulation orgasm. There was no significant difference between these autonomic measures when they thought themselves to orgasm versus when they actually uh, self-stimulated themselves to orgasm. And since that time, we've come across other uh, women and some men who claim that they can uh, do the same. That's just one example of, of non-genital uh, orgasms. Did you ever, like, is it just that they were able to either visualize or imagine this much more intensely? Or is there something, more, is there a, is a part of their brain more developed or I, what's going on? I uh, I asked them what was their mental uh, procedure to, mm. and it was very variable. Some women said that they had uh, erotic imagery. Uh, others said that uh, they had, uh, you know, imagined their lover uh, whispering sweet nothings in their ear. Uh, <laughs> but other women said that they uh, there was a pastoral scene walking along the the shore on a on a warm uh, sunny afternoon. And uh, one of the women said that it was very abstract. She could imagine the uh, the energy chakra going up and down her body. So it was very variable.
variable, the strategy. I've been very surprised about this, but I'm becoming increasingly convinced. We, we uh, do brain imaging, and uh, we, we've studied the brain activity during orgasms. One of the experiments that we did was to uh, map where the... Uh, uh, different parts of the body are uh, represented in a uh, part of the brain called the sensory cortex. And the genitals are represented in a particular place. And one of the procedures I tried as a control, you know, we, when you do experiments like that, you, you try to have a control stimulus. One of the uh, control stimuli that I tried was uh, I said to the women, just think of uh, your genitals being stimulated. And when they just thought about the genitals being stimulated, the, the same exact part of the brain was activated as well as to the same extent as when they actually applied the genital self-stimulation. There was a difference, and that is that the actually the, the prefrontal cortex, which is the so-called executive part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex was much more active when they thought about genital stimulation than when they actually applied it, which was surprising to me, but it was very reliable. We saw it. So, in other words, we, 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 were, um, we underestimate the power of the brain, of the mind. Tremendous power in, in, in the brain in the mind. I mean, many people have uh, <clears throat> who have epilepsy, epileptic seizures, describe them as being orgasmic, men and women. So uh, pure brain activity elicited by various means can, um, can produce orgasmic feelings. I never knew any of this and I'm fascinated. I've never tried it though, so maybe I'll definitely put that on my list. Um, but also you're studying other ways that you can orgasm. Medications uh, like chlorpromazine and uh, varenicline, they change the uh, their, their uh, reuptake, they block the reuptake of serotonin and norepinephrine, those particular drugs. And um, women uh, have described that they have feel um, uh, orgasmic responses uh, when when they uh, when they take those drugs or when they come off the drug is very complex. I mean these these are neurotransmitters that are normally released norepinephrine and serotonin and dopamine. These are normally released during uh, during during orgasm. And if you take drugs that mess with the uh, with the levels, it's not surprising that it could they could sensitize the brain to uh, to have uh, orgasmic sensation. And this is what actually happens. Uh, there, there are conditions, uh, we, we've been studying a condition called persistent genital arousal disorder, where um, women, and now we see men, have feelings of as if they're uh, about to have an orgasm, or they have multiple orgasms, or if they have orgasms, uh, the, they have these persistent feelings of, of orgasm. These uh, feelings can be triggered by various drugs like antidepressants or going on them or coming off them. You know, as long as the, the balance of these uh, neurotransmitters is changed by the drugs, uh, they can be, you can be sensitized to have orgasmic feelings. And we, we also see that there are actual organic problems. Two things, uh, one is uh, Tarlov cyst and the other is a herniated intervertebral disc. These uh, impinge physically on uh, the uh, nerves that come from the genitals, the pudendal nerve, the pelvic nerve, and they uh, produce these feelings of um, arousal that are not necessarily erotic. They just or not necessarily uh, uh, associated with feelings of erotic. They're just genital hyperactivity, and they generate orgasm. Uh, and it's called persistent genital arousal disorder. And it can be very, very distressing because, you know, like one young man said that he had, um, uh, he couldn't go to work because he was just sit there and he, and, uh, he would have eight ejaculatory orgasms per day. So he, he became very depressed. He stayed at home. He reported feeling suicidal. I mean, some of these, we know of, of uh, at least a half dozen women in the last few years who have actually committed suicide from this condition of uh, persistent genital arousal 
disorder. I mean, you can imagine. They, can, they describe it as a, a, an intense, uh, some describe it as an intense itch that they can't get access to. And it, it goes continuously for hours, days, months, weeks, um, years. It's very, very distressing. It's too much of a good thing um, can be uh, very, very stressful. If you've just tuned in, we're chatting to a neuroscientist and author, Barry Komisarek, about uh, just various different ways that people can achieve orgasm. Some maybe they, they want, and as you just mentioned, otherwise other conditions that are incredibly frustrating. And can you talk maybe a bit about there was you know something we read about having a foot amputated and nerves getting confused when you know maybe the, the oh, brain yeah. might be trying to re yeah Ramachandran nerves yeah this was uh, uh, described by Ramachandran and Blakesley yeah well in the brain we talked about I, I mentioned that that there's a, a part of the brain called the sensory cortex and different parts of the body are represented systematically in very specific parts of this uh, brain brain region called the sensory cortex actually the the foot is represented right next to the genitals so and, and what what can happen um, when there's an amputation is that the nerves that previously supplied that organ like the foot or the hand the nerve cells actually sprout and activate adjacent nerve cells. So uh, since the foot is right next to the genitals, if there's a hyperactivity or sprouting of, of abnormal uh, neural uh, connections, what used to be the foot area, now it spreads to what what's the genital area. And, and the people, at least in his case of the foot orgasm, the people described that uh, they had orgasms in their amputated foot. This was uh, men and women. This is not surprising because if the uh, genital areas are hyperactivated, by the uh, removal of what used to be the foot area. I mean, we see something uh, similar in intact women, and it was very surprising to me that in the uh, in this body map, it's called a homunculus, which means little person, because different parts of the body are represented in very specific yeah. places in, in the sensory cortex. I expect that we mapped different parts of the body, and, and we had uh, the women do self-stimulation of the nipple as well as the uh, clitoris and vagina and cervix. What we found, what I found to my surprise, was that, well, not surprising when they stimulated the, uh, when they did self-stimulation of the nipple, it activated the chest area of the sensory cortex. But what was surprising is that it also activated, it activated the region that was activated by clitoral and vaginal and cervical self-stimulation. Um, the nipple stimulation, in other words, the nipple stimulation for some reason had dual representation, not only on the chest area, but also right on the gen. The, it was activating the neurons that are activated by genital stimulation. So, and that's why there are many cases in reports in the literature of women who can experience orgasms from nipple stimulation. So it's probably because the nipple stimulation is activating the same neurons as are activated by genital stimulation. I know of a girl who has orgasms every time she goes over a bump in the road when she's no. driving. Well, that's, yes. that's very, yes, that's very characteristic of, the, of this persistent genital arousal disorder. She probably, well, I mean, I, I can't do a diagnosis over the phone, but it's very likely that she has either a tarlo cyst, which is like a blister on the on the genital sensory nerves right in the pelvis, or she could have a, uh, a herniated intervertebral disc, a bulging intervertebral disc that's putting pressure on the genital sensory nerves, mechanical pressure. And when you hit, when uh, it's very common for for these women to describe, they can't go out, they can't go, they can't drive, they can't ride in the car because if they if they hit any irregularity in the road. It bumps into their, their pelvis, 
and it triggers their orgasm, and it's uh, extremely distressing. So uh, she may have that condition. The more disturbing part about this girl in particular, I was in college with her, was she said this has been happening since she was about 11 years of age. That's also very characteristic, uh, that uh, it can happen as a result of a, of a fall, some kind of physical trauma, a car accident, a bike accident, uh, falling off jungle gym in the, in the gymnasium or in a playground, and a damage, a physical damage, Trauma to the uh, to the pelvis region can trigger uh, this uh, condition. We know of actually we know, and it's also there's also uh, cases where it's uh, congenital. In other words, uh, it's inherited. And for example, we, we know of some women who said that they have this condition, this persistent genital arousal disorder. But their young daughters from the age of four and and seven, they're doing the same kind of genital uh, stimulation now that the mothers say that they did at the same age. And uh, so one of the problems is that it can be a congenital uh, a disorder of uh, connective tissue disorder, like Marfan's disease or Ehlers-Danlos, where there's weakened connective tissue, and that can allow the, the tarlocyst, that blister, to form because it's weakened uh, connective tissue around the, the genital sensory nerves, or it can also be a weakened connective tissue in the spine that allows the, uh, the, the intervertebral disc to bulge and put pressure on the, on the genital sensory nerves as they pass through the spine. That's inc- very interesting. I said there's insane amounts of different ways that I says you're, you're explaining to us here this evening that people can achieve uh, orgasms, whether they want to or not, whether it's from medications, whether it's from, you know, cysts or conditions that they have. Um, of course, we, we have uh, run out of time, but if you're listening and would like to know more, you can um, read Barry's books. There's two in particular that you should get, The Science of Orgasm and uh, The Orgasm Answer Guide from uh, Barry Komisarek, who is a neuroscientist over at uh, Rutgers University. But as always, Barry, it's a pleasure speaking to you this evening. Always mind-blowing and fascinating. But um, oh. thanks a million for popping on <laughs> FM104. It's my pleasure. Anytime. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.